put on those comfy socks and make a nice fire because it's episode number 81 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast and we're talking about how to become financially independent after divorce. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, aka the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 81 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. I'm Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, and I am your host. Thank you for joining me today. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast, and you'll get all new episodes when they come out. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else. So today my guest is... Rachel Burns. Rachel is a certified financial planner and certified divorce financial analyst. She's based in California, although she works with people all over. She's the founder of True Worth Financial Planning, which helps newly single women achieve financial independence after divorce or in the death of a spouse. Through her own personal experience navigating trauma and finances, she found her calling to support and empower other women during the most challenging transitions of their lives, i.e. divorce. Rachel has been featured in CNN, Business, Real Simple, and Policy Genius. So let's talk with Rachel and learn why it's important that you get your finances in order when you're getting divorced. Rachel, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. So what I do with all my guests, and I will do the same with you, is tell everybody who may not be familiar with you a little bit about yourself and what, how did you get to this point in your life? Sure. So again, I'm Rachel Burns. I am a certified financial planner and certified divorce financial analyst. And I'm based in Folsom, California, which is in Northern California. And I am the founder of a firm called True Worth Financial Planning, which helps newly single women become financially independent. So I work with a lot of divorcees. I work with a lot of widows. Um, and what's a little different about me is I'm a fee only firm. So I work with a lot of women who are on the younger side and don't typically have a ton of assets that they've built up over time. So, um, women that don't have a lot of money, a lot of times won't qualify for traditional financial advice. And I don't care how much money people have. I charge a flat fee. I work with all sorts of people. So, um, it's a little bit different and I like, I like focusing on the younger folks who get more ignored, I would say, by our industry. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because with my coaching as a divorce coach, I also do uh, flat fee uh, base too. And I think it just, like everybody just knows what they're getting. And, you know, I don't want to be, because most of the people I work with have attorneys and they bill at an hourly rate. And I know a lot of financial advisors and stuff, they bill usually at like a percentage of, whatever they're managing, if they're managing mm -hmm. money. Right. And that's how that works. Usually. Yeah. It's, it can be very murky. And so I like having very transparent, very straightforward pricing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I know your customers appreciate that too. Um, so I've spoken with a few financial professionals before on the show and in general, and, and, you know, everybody has like a different part of the pie that they focus on, if you want to call it that. So like what as a finance, do you, are you a financial advisor? What do you, 
Yeah. Financial advisor, financial planner, financial analyst. I'm kind of all of those things. Okay. Um, but specifically for women. So you only work with women. mm -hmm. That's my part of the pie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and younger women, which now you said before that younger women, I might've heard this wrong, or I'm going to repeat this wrong. Definitely. But correct me. (laughs) (laughs) younger women are, are, you didn't say neglected, but like, they don't fit the fine, like they're not ripe for financial advising. What did you say about that? So the traditional financial advising industry, they typically charge based on a percentage of how much money you invest with them. Right. And in order for it to be worth it for the advisor to work with that person, they need to have a minimum amount of money. And it's usually several hundred thousand dollars, I see. which that excludes a pretty big chunk of the population right there. And right. so those people um, don't really know where to go for advice because it's not very clear how advisors charge or how advisors work. And so a lot of those people just don't know where to go for advice. And that's, what's really nice about that fee, kind of the fee only movement that's going on in the industry. Do you find that it's a growing movement? Yes. Yeah. It's becoming more common. That's awesome. Now I, you will definitely tell me if I'm saying this wrong or saying it in the wrong way. Um, But some people, I believe financial professionals, they call themselves fiduciaries or uh, are you a fiduciary? And Mm -hmm. what does that mean? Yeah. So it's like a, it's the, it's the legal, it has to do with like the legal obligations towards the client. So if I was an insurance salesman, for example, my legal obligation to clients is to give them advice that's suitable. That's not a super high standard. I could give advice that uh, was suitable for the client, but extra suitable for me because it made me the highest commission. Whereas as a fee-only planner, um, I, the advice I give has to be in the client's best interest, which is a much higher standard than just a traditional broker. Right. And so it's a word that gets thrown around that not everyone understands. It's, it's important. It's important to know, um, how an advisor might have a conflict of interest in the advice that they give you. And so when you go with a fiduciary, you know that they're they're held to a higher standard. Okay, and you are a fiduciary then. Yes, I am. Okay, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, let's talk about the younger demographic um, because I, I yeah that is so important. Especially, you said you work you work with a lot of divorcees, mm-hmm. and are they typically younger or what? What's the age bracket for them that you work with? Um, I have clients all across the board, but I have quite a few clients who are in their thirties and forties. Um, that's kind of my sweet spot just because, um, the, the older widow or older divorcees and widows that I've worked with, usually they have money that they've accumulated and they don't have any problem going to a big investment firm and someone would, you know, some advisor would be delighted to help them. But, um, yeah, so I'm, my, my specialty has kind of been leaning towards the younger women. And even 30, you know, in early forties, you know, that's still, they might not have, you know, a whole ton of assets yet. And, you know, they're, they're in like the, I guess the prime or they're, they're gearing up for the prime of their career. Right. And yeah. so it's an important 
definitely an important phase and age bracket and, and people who, who are getting divorced too, because they have, you know, the whole future ahead of them. Absolutely. And they oftentimes, you know, in that age range, a lot of times, most of your net worth is in your home or it's in your employer plan. So it's not like you have this liquid money that you can move over to an investment firm. It's like they have a higher net worth, but it's not liquid. money that's accessible in, an, in a financial advisor's eyes, I guess. Right. It's not tangible. Like you couldn't, yeah. you can't take it out of the account today. Yeah. Right. It's, exactly. it's, it's, it's in the, like you said, your home and um, retirement accounts. So since this is a divorce podcast, <laughs> let's, let's talk about uh, people getting divorced and yes. what are some of the, you know, bigger financial challenges that you see or that you deal with when you're working with people um, getting divorced? Yeah. So I meet with a lot of women who during their marriage, they had kind of delegated the financial decision-making to their spouse. It's right. not because they aren't capable. It's just, Hey, you're going to be in charge of this. I'm going to be in charge of something else. And so, um, by the time they get divorced, they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm totally out of touch with the finances. I don't know how to manage money. I don't know how to invest. I feel super insecure about my financial future just because I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's really common. That's something I commonly see in clients. And it's like, these are very intelligent, capable women, but they just feel insecure when it comes to finances. And so that's, that's something that I see a lot and that I like work with. Yeah. I see the same thing. And a lot of it, like you said, it has nothing to do with intelligence or capability. It's just mm -hmm. that they didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And because usually I think it's, it's rarer that you have both spouses or, you know, both people working you know, paying the bills together equally. You know? Yeah. It's like, right. it's like having two cooks in the kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, get out of here. <laughs> right. Right. So, so it's like, it's like pay the bills. I'll cook, yeah. you know, but everybody has their little, uh, you know, duties. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and so, right. And then, so when you're getting divorced and then all of a sudden for the first time in your life, you have to start thinking about this and you're in charge of it. It's, it's a whole new thing. So you have mm -hmm. to, you have to learn about it. And do you find that one of the things I find as a, a divorce coach and as a, an attorney is that a lot of times they don't, aren't even aware of like what accounts exist because yeah. um, they didn't deal with it. Yeah. Um, so they know, oh yeah, maybe we have some investment, investment accounts somewhere. I don't know, you know, but they couldn't tell you what brokerage house. And, yeah. and so how do you deal with that with people? I mean, so that's really common. A lot of people have no idea like where, where their money is, how much they have, whether they have retirement savings, how much home equity. It's really common that people just don't really know where they stand. And so when I start working with someone, one of the first steps that we take is getting their finances really organized. So we take every detail on everything financial about their lives and we pull it all together we organize it so that we know exactly where they stand. They know where all the individual pieces are and they know, you know, in what kind of shape they're in at that point. That's a really important step that we have to take before we can figure out what to do going forward. And then once you have that information, um, where do you fit into the, the puzzle as far as they're in the middle of this divorce, let's say, um, and, you know, they're starting talking about, you know, what's going to be alimony, 
you know, asset division and their future. So how do you, how do you work with them to figure out like, okay, this is what you should be doing, or this is what you should be thinking about doing versus you should, it's not what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So someone is in the midst of a divorce and things aren't figured out. There's no settlement yet. Um, I encourage them to look at their current financial situation, both as a, as a married couple, and then what their situation will be likely going forward. And then, um, before agreeing to any proposed settlement or before making any changes or any major financial decisions, I encourage them to really think about the long-term consequences of these decisions that they're making. Cause they're in the middle of a divorce, you have to make so many important and stressful decisions. And it's hard, it's easy to get kind of decision fatigue and you just kind of want to get through it. But some of those financial decisions that you make can impact the rest of your financial life. And so you have to make sure that you're really understanding everything you need to know before you make that decision. And especially with things like, uh, settlement agreements, someone might, um, propose something where, you know, you take the house, I take the retirement account. They're worth the same amount. It's equal. We can just be on our way. And that might seem like a fair split, but in reality, those two assets look very, very different in the long run. They grow at different rates. They have very different tax situations. So maybe what seems like it's worth $500,000 now is really, you only get 70% of that because you have to pay taxes. And so just making sure that you really carefully look at all the details before you make those important decisions. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. And, um, I know the term I'm about to use is probably not the right way because my brain is fried. (laughs) (laughs) We're recording this on Friday, everybody. (laughs) It's happy hour time for you over there. (laughs) Getting close. (laughs) Um, Present, like when you talk about alimony and you do like, you know, sometimes they do lump sum payouts Mm -hmm. instead of uh, a duration over years. Mm -hmm. And then you have to figure out the present Value present for that. value calculation, mm-hmm. right? Did I say that right? Present value. Yeah, you did. Been, Good. It's Good been job. A while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like things like that, you have to are really important to take in, into consideration because yeah. you know, like a hundred thousand dollars in alimony might not really be a hundred thousand dollars in something else. Yeah, those those decisions, especially like the lump sum versus payment uh, decision that's a really tough one to just like kind of figure it out on your own. You can't just like Google that one. No, you yeah. really need, you need someone that knows how to use a financial calculator <laughs> who can show you, okay, the, you know, this payment in the future, if you have it over the certain time period, technically it's worth this much now versus this lump sum payment. They're going to be able to tell you whether or not that's actually a good good idea or not. That's a really, really important decision. Yeah. Financial calculators. Like I don't even know how to use those things. <laughs> I love so, mine. I use it all day, every day. <laughs> I'm, and, and there lies the difference. I am so not hotwired for uh, finance, but <laughs> I, I understand it conceptually. But yeah. then if you ask me to actually figure something out, no. <laughs> what would you say, Rachel, um, would be some of the 
more common mistakes the women, young women, or any anybody at any age makes when they are getting divorced and and trying to make financial decisions? I think that the most common mistake that I see is, and it could be either spouse, is just getting hyper focused on keeping the house. Yes, at any cost. This is something that's so common, and I totally get it. Um, I understand the emotional attachment to the family home. And especially if you have kids at home, it's like, you don't want to leave where you brought your kids home from the hospital and you don't want to uproot your kids and create more instability for your kids. So I totally, totally appreciate where they're coming from, but it's not in, it's not in every case where that's actually the best thing to do. Um, sometimes they have more house than they need. Sometimes to keep up with the payments, they have to reduce their retirement contributions, or they have to really, they have like no cash flow at the end of the month. Um, house poor, can end, right, right. What's that? That's being house poor. Exactly. And they can end up really messing up their long-term financial situation by this one decision. It's a major decision. Um, and so I, I see people letting their emotions take over in that decision-making process rather than actually looking at the numbers, because sometimes you're just better off downsizing or moving. It's not the end of the world. If you have to live temporarily somewhere, it's like, that's where I'm like, Oh, don't, don't just like, Oh, I'm keeping the house. That's just it. I just want to keep the house. I'm like, well, there's so much more to that. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because it's like an emotional, a house is definitely something one of the bigger assets that have this emotional connection a lot of the time i'm working with a a coaching client of mine right now who um you know she wants to stay in the house but then when you really look at it i'm not so sure she can afford to stay in the house right right and then are you going to risk your future financial situation and retirement you know, she started talking about cashing out her retirement. And I, and I was like, you know, maybe you should speak with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just slow I, down. Yeah. I might, I might have to send her to you, Rachel, because, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it's like certain things you don't do that could really have long lasting. Oh yeah. Irreparable harm financially for you. Yeah. And, and, you know, so while the idea is nice that you may want to stay in a marital home, it, it just might not make financial sense and you could really get yourself into a bind. Yeah. Especially if you're giving up retirement assets in order to get the home equity. Cause you, I mean, you're giving up something to get something. And if you're giving up a bunch of retirement money to keep the house, then it's like, well, great. You have this house, but you have to make up for all this, these retirement contributions that you no longer have. Right. And that's retirement is all based on time, right. And compounding yeah. and, and like, right. If you're in your forties, you don't have a lot of time or you don't actually say that you don't have as much time as somebody in their twenties. And mm -hmm. that, that period, if you go from 20 to 40, like that's a huge, it's critical. That's critical. Time right. Period, yeah. So yeah, it's so important to speak with somebody like yourself when you are making these types of decisions, because you, you just want to make sure that either what you're doing is financially sound, right? Cause what you want to act financially sound. I think that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and not really set yourself up for failure to, to think that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you're making good decisions in the short term and in the long term. you want to make right. sure that those are balanced. Yeah, absolutely. 
so that's a that's a that's a big one what other mistakes or um i guess i call mistakes or like obstacles that people you work with getting divorced you know do you find that they are, are have trouble grappling with i uh the other one that i see is just wanting so badly to get through the process just to have some closure that they just like agree to whatever they're just like whatever yes you can have that like whatever i'm done right they just get so worn down and i again it's like i don't blame them but this is a short amount of time and it's so important to do the right thing and it's just it's it's hard it, again the, the emotional side but also just like the having the energy to get through these important decisions um i just think it's so important for people to uh hang in there and stay try to stay sharp and not agree to something that maybe isn't in their best interest just because they just want to be done with it yeah and that that's a that's a huge point and it's all relative though right because if you have you know if you're a multimillionaire and you say, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to deal with this. I just want to be over. And you have millions of dollars, you know, that are going to be left to you or in your name that you can live on. And money isn't really that much of an issue. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. You know, it's not, that's a, an easier choice to make to say, I'm done. Right. And I just mm -hmm. want to get this over with. But if you don't have the millions of dollars and, you know, money is important, you know, more important as far as, you know, your day to day living and your, retirement goes and your future, then that's so much more important for you to stay focused and not just give up. Yeah. And for, well, people on the wealthier end, there's more at stake. So it's, I mean, it's, even though they're, they're less reliant on, I mean, it, it's maybe not every penny counts as much, but there's a lot at stake and it's, a, it's a big, it's going to make a really big impact on your life, whatever you agree to. Right. I guess what I was saying is like, um, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to regret bringing this up, but I think you and I are, are, are close in age. You know, Chris Rock, mm -hmm. you, do you remember his, his first, one of his first, first, uh, standup specials? I forget what it was called, but he did this bit, um, about divorce and it, it basically went something like this. I'm not going to recreate the whole thing. So don't worry, but <laughs> he basically is like, you know, if, uh, you're getting divorced and you have $2 million and I leave with 1 million, that's not so bad. But if I have 30,000 and I have to give you half, I might have to stab somebody. Right? <laughs> yeah. We don't want to have to stab anyone. <laughs> so, like that's basically the, what I was trying to, I guess, portray is that, you know, if you're not independently wealthy and you're not going to be independently wealthy after the divorce, yeah. it's just that much more critical that you make the right financial decision. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to be listening to this thinking what did you just say <laughs> go watch that first special everybody <laughs> um wow time flies when you're having fun all right we have time for one more thing what would be the the one thing that you want to impress on people listening who are going through a divorce that you think they should take away from uh, this discussion yeah so my my passion is really helping women that are going through a difficult transition. That's, that is my calling. And, um, I know how devastating going through a divorce can be. And 
I know there's all these other things to worry about and finances are really sometimes the last thing you want to be worried about, but you have to deal with it. And for people who are feeling super overwhelmed, I, I want to encourage them. There is help out there that deals specifically with that. There's someone out there who's right for you, who can help you with these issues and can make this process not quite as miserable <laughs> as it is. I mean, it's going to be miserable anyway, but there's I levels really, of misery. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people aren't aware that there's support out there available for them, but I really encourage people to just find the support that they need to get through it with the least amount of trauma, basically. No, so true. I, 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 I frame it as your divorce team, you know, the mm -hmm. objective professionals who you yeah. need to make sure that you are doing the right, making the right decisions along the way. So somebody like yourself is definitely a core member of, of somebody's divorce team or should be at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, there's attorneys, but there's also therapists, financial right. people, accountants, um, you know, people that are, that specialize in custody issues. It's like, there's, there's a lot of people that you can pull in as resources that will help you. Yeah. And that you don't even know exists, but they do. And that's why mm -hmm. I do the show to bring people like you on to, to, to spread the word that, right. Yeah, exactly. Help is available, but you have to take action. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Rachel, where can people find you? Um, I, you can find me on my website. It's trueworthfp.com. F is in financial P is in planning. Um, I'm also on Instagram at trueworthfp and Facebook and YouTube. I'm all over the place, but Instagram is kind of my, my hangout spot. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And I, I will put all those links. You're going to give me all those links. I'll put them in the That's show notes perfect. for people. Um, so you can easily find her if you're driving right now or not able to uh, look her up on the spot. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show. I thought this was great. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. All right. There you go. Another one in the books, as they say. So I had Rachel on because when you're getting divorced and you're thinking about your post-divorce life, now is the time to get all your ducks in a row, set yourself up for financial success in the future, and be wary so you don't make any really big mistakes that could kind of you know, send you down the wrong path after getting divorced. Now is the time before you sign that final settlement document or the final judgment of divorce comes through now is the time to make sure that you are set on the right path. And the best way to know is by talking with a professional such as Rachel. Now, if you're looking for any help yourself, I do offer group and one-on-one -on -one divorce coaching. Contact me, Jason at jasonlavoy.com, and I'll be happy to get on a quick phone call with you and talk about how I'm able to best help you. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.